With AI, one is because large language models, the results are more unpredictable. A lot of monitoring tool is more focused on the infra level, like app is on time, app off time, or alert notification. But with AI, because the output is unpredictable, you almost need to very closely watch the content being generated with AI. So then use the traditional monitoring tool feel like overfitting for this problem. Welcome to the VectorShift podcast. VectorShift is an AI automations platform. On this podcast, we have conversations with founders and experts in fields such as AI and B2B SaaS. Effie, welcome to the VectorShift podcast. We're super excited to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Effie is the CEO and co-founder of BaseRun. BaseRun is a monitoring and evaluation platform for LLM applications. For our listeners today, we'll discuss Effie's background, what is BaseRun, what are some common challenges in building LLM applications, and how BaseRun can help, and finally, here's some of Effie's thoughts on being a founder. I guess, um, to kick things off, Effie, could you maybe talk a little bit about your background and how you got here today? Yes. Uh, so before start base run, I was working at Cruise. Cruise is a self-regulator company. So at Cruise, I spent over three years there leading the simulation testing platform and some ML ops tools over there. So mm. before that, I kind of like was a product designer at school for over five years. And in between, I went to engineer school. So I kind of have a little bit skill from both engineer side and also the design side. Cool. I guess maybe before we talk about what is base run, like what made you want to start up? Um, so I think Cruise is a very unique place. And uh, so I was very excited about cutting edge technology. That's kind of the reason I joined Cruise. Uh, so when all the large launch model launched, that's an exciting time. Feel like this is the time because there's a new generation technology uh, is available now. And I also see a lot of opportunity as how we interact with technology has changed fundamentally. Uh, I found it's kind of a good timing. And I also have a skill set I learned from Cruise working with ML or working on those type of tools for over a few years. I feel I have this like a advantage as knowing the space very well and also timing wise a good time. I guess. Um... Maybe can you talk about you know what base run is in your own words? Yeah, so base run, uh, we help team productionize their uh, AI applications. So we help uh, monitoring, testing, and evaluation. So basically, covering all the challenges team is facing from early days polling typing the idea to later stage uh, productionize mo- monitor their application. Until the future, you want to make iteration to your application. We're trying to be an end-to-end solution. Got it. Now, um, can you talk maybe, you know, a lot of people are trying to build LLM applications today, right? What are some problems? What are some issues when you're building, iterating on, and productionizing LLM applications? And maybe, you know, what are some issues that, I guess, are specific to LLMs that maybe do not exist in maybe other ML applications or, or the like? Yeah. Um, so in general, as you can see, there's so many exciting prototypes on Twitter. You know, when last Q4, when it first landed, you can see the idea are really cool. 
but the most water are captured in production phase, right? So you, if your app cannot reach millions of users, the volume is still very small. So we think production is where most AI application actually gonna, you know, create volume. But the challenge early days is application. You can see the hallucination. So AI can sometimes make up answers. So it can be very critical if you are building healthcare app or finance app. So that's one challenge. The other uh, challenge is uh, uh, these days when we're talking about startups is maybe cost, uh, latency. So AI is not always response as fast as uh, other application is, which other software took so many years to get to where it's at. Um, and the other part is, is a brand new technology. The tool is just not there yet. Like a traditional software, you have a GitHub, you have a testing platform, uh, you have various like monitoring tools to make sure the experience is meet expectation or to measure it. But with AI, uh, it's very different. Um, the evaluation is still in the development phase. Um, but largely also because how we interact with AI is very different. Before when you write a function, you know what to expect. Right now, mm. when you talk with the AI, it's very unpredictable. Uh, I think that's all come into together as building AI unpredictable um, and uh, safety, you know, hallucination, safety, uh, third, like performance, all come right. in with newer challenges. I guess when would you recommend, you know, startup companies or you know people are just hacking away on projects to actually start using you know a monitoring solution? Is it? Do you think that is a concern from day one? Do you think that is a concern? You know, after you get your first few customers into production, like when do you think is a good time to actually look into monitoring? Um. It depends. We saw you, you definitely don't need to monitor and to build a prototype, right? But as soon as you reach a customer monitoring, you must have it. Cause yeah. a lot of time with AI is, uh, because unpredictable, you simply cannot know how your end user will use your product. So monitor is almost a tool to help you collecting data, uh, to cover all the edge cases you might not plan before. So monitors were useful for that case. Uh, the other is for iteration. So any machine learning related application, you do need to continue improve your model performance. So you need really high quality data. So monitoring is a way for you to access, to collect those high quality data. So you can continue iterating uh, on your application, no matter your goals, the quality or the cost. So I think monitor is pretty useful for those two cases. The other cases is actually what we saw is even in the prototyping phase, um, you want to make quick iteration, you might want to track all your experiments, like the input output at each stage. So monitor tool gave you a way to more systematically tracking all your experiments so you can compare and evaluate them later. So I would say any stage, um, but it must have for <laughs> when you have a customer and optional as you are prototyping. I'm sorry. Um, how have you seen, you know, what like uh, other startups do monitoring today? Like, is this, you know, do, do a lot of startups, you know, not do monitoring and 
you know, they run into these customer issues and then they look into, you know, a, a solution like base run. Like what are some failure modes that, that you see, you know, before using a modern solution, you know, that companies run into? Um, there's a lot of debate in that space. So if you already use like central data doc mix panel, you definitely can log all your data to a table. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge is around how to use that data. Uh, so traditional monitor tool, what they do is log everything and then you can analyze all the logs. With AI, one is because large language models, the results are more unpredictable. A lot of monitor tool is more focused on the infra level, like a app is on time, up off time, or alert notification. But with AI, because the output is unpredictable, you almost need to very closely watch the content being generated with AI. So mm. then use the traditional monitoring tool feel like overfitting for this problem. Um, the second challenge is what do you do with the data? So if you want to do prompt iterating um, or you want to fine tuning, you want an easy integration, bring the data from monitoring tool to the next tool you are using for fine tuning or for iterating your prompts or use it as a yeah. testing case. That integration is not there. So most of people is export data from one place, clean up data in Google Sheet, then import data to another tool. Uh, what mm-hmm. we're trying to do is we build all the integration pipeline for you so you can easily bring the prompt from one place to another place. Uh, third, maybe just the data is not there. For example, early days, there's no good way to calculate costing. Most monitoring platforms don't give you that data or you don't have good way to capture the end-to-end pipeline's performance. So a lot of tools like us um, in the monitoring space is trying to give you information you would not easily access from other monitoring platforms. Right. Maybe maybe you could talk through kind of a user journey within base base run. You know, you mentioned you know you're trying to build this integrated flow that perhaps users today are using you know Google spreadsheets and you know Excel spreadsheets to connect everything together. How is the user journey in base run, and how how um, is it integrated across your different product suites? Yeah. Um, so first, we haven't 100 achieved, 100% achieved what we want to build. Uh, but as you, as you can think as if you are already have a prototype, you use us as your monitoring platform. Uh, first, what we can do is we have evaluation features. Uh, so we can highlight all the interaction. Uh, maybe you have negative output or we can collect your user feedback. So if a particular interaction didn't go well, so let's say you're building customer support bot. If the customer didn't, is not happy with the bot's output, what you can see in our logging is you can see the user has a lower specification score. You can click on that particular, we call it a trace, which is how the end-to-end interaction you and with your customer. So second thing, what we do is we give you all the steps happening behind the scene to, for the bot to generate answer. So we give you that detail for to debugging which step of this interaction, um, you know, didn't go well. So we help you pinpoint what's going on. And from there, we have this button. You can one click to copy this prompt to our prompt playground and then change the prompt to test it out. And then we have a testing feature, you know, to make sure whatever you make an iteration, 
And this iteration will run through uh, multiple testing cases, more like a back testing process to validate this change is positive. And then how we are building templating features. So once you made that change, you can have one click deploy, deploy this change to production. So we're trying to close this loop from your identify a problem to help you make feel confidence on your code changes so you can deploy and start to monitor the changes again. That's kind of our uh, our goal is we're trying to help you close the loop. Uh, the other angle is where interaction happens. So without based on your workflow, maybe just export, import, and making a lot of code changes. Uh, what we're trying to do is we have SDK, we also have UI. So our goal is once you set up our SDK, use it as a monitoring tool, and everything else, all this iteration process, you can, can happen in UI. So this way, the team can work more collaboratively. And the user who watching the, the logs, maybe not engineer itself, can be a PM, can be a QA, uh, can be other, you know, production role within AIT. So we want to offer them tools to quickly uh, iterate in their product and understand their product performance. Absolutely. I guess I'm curious from a product perspective, and maybe you know, for advice for other founders, did you come up with this user journey from day one, or is this was this an iterative process? Like, how did you know, you know, hey, we need to make sure we integrate all our products in this way, right? I, I, I you know. Talk to a lot of startup founders and a lot of them, you know, say that it's a challenge when you're building a complex product to make it sync well together, right? So how, how did you think about that? How did you design your product in this way? Uh, this is a lot of learning from uh, my time at the Cruise. So when I first joined the Cruise, we had a lot of pointed solution at Cruise. So we have one tool to monitor all the AB behavior. We have one we have many tools for like a wrong yeah. experiments and train the models. We have a testing platform. We have a tool to creating tests. We have labeling tools. So eventually those two are owned by a different team and uh, building the data pipeline, you know, go through the end to end workflow is very, very challenge because the owners are different and uh, the amount of data we need to train AV is also huge. So, Ends up very inefficient. So at the time, my team uh, called AB Acceleration. So we measure from the point we identify a problem on the road to the point we made a code change and be release it and measure the performance. We measure this whole iteration cycle how long it takes. At the time, it takes about seventy days, so it's a really long time. Yeah. Eventually, what we learned to be more efficient for the AV to in, improve the performance more uh, efficiently, we need all those data pipeline are integrated. And we mm. also need a clear owner on the process and not trying to each to do a little bit of this and that. Uh, so we start to consolidate all those tools, make sure they can talk to each other, make sure they have a clear owner. Uh, so by the time I leave, the time to make one iteration might be take like two weeks a lot faster. As a whole, the company can make a lot more progress. Um, mm. You know, learning without them, there are people argument saying, oh, you can do with Google shit. You can Google do many, you know, 
you can use all many open source or like a plenty solution to solve different part of problem. But what matters for the team is still overall, can we iterate faster? Can we iterate? Uh, can we feel like confidence with all the change we have? Um, so that's kind of what we are trying to work towards. Um, I don't know if all the user feel that, feel the pain yet, but as soon as the team grow more than two or three yeah. engineers, collaboration also became a huge problem. Yes, you can do the experiment locally, testing locally, but if you need to share the results uh, with your team, doing annotating, um, that also, you know, uh, eats chunk of time for yeah. the team. So we want to make those workflow also more seamless. I guess in your experience, when, you know, you're able to, you know, like uh, see this difference between a seven-day process and a, you know, a 14-day process, what were the biggest, you know, blockers um, that caused an iteration cycle to be that long, you know, 70 days? Um, I think the data, I feel I'm similar is where the data captured, where data being cleaned. There's always like data preparation phase for ML. And then the applied data and be able to measure. So I feel mm -hmm. like it's more how the data flow works. Uh, yeah. And then the, the other part, I think, is more like a design background. I feel like where interaction happens. So oftentimes, if you are forcing user switching tool, I need to go to my code editor, make some change. I need to go to my terminal. I need to use a tool you know, like in cloud to upload my data and to switch another software for fun to it. So all those tooling switch, context switching, uh, introduce error, increase time. Mm. Uh, I think that's another part, uh, you know, ends up eating a lot of time for teams. Maybe we could talk a little bit about um, how base one's different from maybe other monitoring solutions in the market. Um, what do you say like this integration and this, uh, the user flows through your platform. Is that a unique edge or, you know, what, what, what would you define as the unique edge, you know, for your product? Uh, one is uh, around the end-to-end -end solution. We trying to be not, okay, hey, we show you particular, we show you all the logs. So what's next? How do you use your logs? What's your next action from it? We trying to, make sure we can close a loop from identify issue to, you know, like a release uh, code change and measure it. So that's one part. The other part is collaboration. Um, I, I mentioned earlier where the interaction happens. So I clearly had this experience at Cruise. We have a QA team or release team. They actually, the person watch the, uh, you know, logs closely and they do like a diagnose or they, they do the first round diagnose at least before bringing the engineer. We saw this pattern pretty common in like in Google and Tesla. Uh, they all have different role, uh, like a non-technical role, uh, watching the results and care about the output. Uh, even in startup, a lot of time PM has zero metrics to measure, whereas the engineer has zero metrics to measure. So how do we bring those information into one tool? And how do we help non-technical role and the technical role collaborate? I think they are, that's another part we're trying to emphasize. Um, one example I can see would be 
you know, Jira is there. Jira can do perfect management, uh, but also people use linear because the interactions, the experience a lot better. Uh, I think that's a different. I think there, of course, there are so many tools solve the same problem, but only a few tools solve really well and overall actually achieves a goal for the team, not just for individual, for a particular. Absolutely. We, ha- we actually migrated ourselves from Jira to Linear and the team literally is moving faster, you know, because of that. So that's, that's a great example. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe, you know, could you talk a little bit about what is in store maybe for the future for Bayshron um, product wise, you know, what is your focus product wise, maybe for 2024? Yeah. Um, I think the time when we start to think of the idea was May, right? When the YC started. And at that time, the model hallucination is a more huge issue, but with GP4, the hallucination is a less stronger issue. So I feel like the market shifted a lot. Technology from like, oh, everyone uses GPT. Now people are trying all the open source model. So that's something we need to catch up as well. How do we help team to, you know, uh, adopt uh, open source model? Um, the other part is uh, uh, competition. So by the time we launch in September, I feel like that month of 10 companies launch all in the same space. Yeah. Um, so over time, I'm trying to figure out how our product really differentiated from other products. So one thing I'm trying this year is, uh, of course, you want to catch up with what everyone else do, but at the same time, you want to be innovate, like how do you do better than anyone else? And what do you think? Uh, this is a focus on the user itself, like focus on their pen, not focus on, you know, building more more feature. So one thing this year, I'm trying to really emphasize on our collaboration feature, emphasize on how do we help a non-technical role uh, also be part of this journey. Um, so that's kind of the open source uh, collaboration. Uh, we also have a couple of features in the bake right now as instead of give you a tool to help you make iteration, can we automate that process? Works on automation. Mm-hmm. Can we automate the fine-tuning process, automate the prompt iteration process? Uh, so that's another focus we have. Amazing. Uh, one other area of differentiation other than product is, is in go-to-market. Um, so how do you um, envision um, the go-to-market process evolving, you know, for based on in the in the next year. Yeah, uh, so it's a lot of learnings. Uh, when I first when I first built it, uh, I realized there's a huge difference around like a bigger company versus startup. Uh, I found the bigger company, their current user maybe traditional is their traditional MLT. Uh, so. The way they think about tooling are very, very different with a lot of newer YC startups. Their background may be more from product engineer background. Um, so their needs are a bit different. Like someone know ML so well, they're trying to use existing MLOps tools for LM versus someone starting from scratch. They don't really know all the concept in ML yet, but they need to get the job done. Uh, so early days, we really focus on like, a, uh, early startups because their use case is really, really interesting. They're building like all kinds of agents and uh, one of our users sweep the help. Yeah, like junior developer. Uh, we have another user fleet work in the, the automated phone call and they're another education. So their use case is really interesting. So we've been really focused on, you know, within our network, a lot of YC startup. 
Uh, as our product getting more mature, I also see the bigger companies start to be more adventurous uh, before they use AI to automate one model, existing replace the existing model they have. I see bigger companies start to building more complex agent um, workflow as well. So that's kind of something we want to this year uh, move upper market, uh, work with more medium-sized or larger company. Uh, and also our product became more mature. Uh, it's more useful for them as well, especially when we think of a collaboration for non-technical user. No yeah. way that's a more bigger company challenge, not like a smaller company challenge. Yeah. That, this may be a difficult question. You know, you know, as a startup, you don't know all the answers, but you know, like the, the tool sets that a large company or a large company needs oftentimes is quite different than a startup, right? As you mentioned, the large companies need more of the collaboration tools. They need, you know, to bring, bring the non-tactical stakeholder along, right? Um, they need, you know, more permissions, for example, uh, when you have more people involved. So, like, how do you decide, you know, what type of people you want to target as, you know, as, as a CEO? Like, you want to focus more on startups, you want to focus more on large companies. How did you make that decision? Um, we're still learning all those. So I don't have all the answer. I do feel because my background is more coming from bigger company, I actually know their collaboration challenge more. Uh, I feel I'm learning more startup, how startup running as I'm going through YC, uh, these days. Uh, I'm more like actually have more experience with working with bigger company, understand their challenge than smaller right. company. Uh, so going to bigger companies almost a, little, a bit easier. Uh, but small company, I really love working with them because they are so, they move so fast. So they give us really good feedback versus larger company. You normally the contract takes longer time onboarding takes longer time and who's paying and who, who's a user might be different. Um, mm. So still learn a lot. I don't have all the answer yet. Um, we'll just, uh, you know, reach out as right. many people as we can the rest we go. Yeah. We're definitely in the same boat, you know, here. Um, I know it's, it's always a journey until you find kind of the right uh, user group for your product. I guess, you know, I always ask this, to, to everyone who comes on uh, to the podcast. But, you know, there's a big debate in Silicon Valley about how important your idea is versus how important your execution is. Uh, I'm curious about from your perspective, you know, you worked in Silicon Valley for many years now, uh, even before the startup. Like, what do you think is more important? Mm, I see idea. Idea can change. So I feel idea is the initial moment, you know, how we get into YC or how we raise, you know, the, the seeds round. I feel our idea is so important. Uh, but think about it is a lot more execution, like in such a competitive landscape. Uh, how do we stand out? It's all about execution. Uh, but I would say they are baked. As you execute, you need to stay true on what vision you believe in. And then, you know, just uh, response to what user ask day by day. You kind of need to have a North Star. I feel they are equally important. Uh but in the long run I think execution play into more important role in, in a longer term. So I think this was a lot of fun. Uh thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy. Appreciate you coming on.